When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. So we're looking back at the weekend to bring you the biggest stories you may have missed. Stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN writer and producer Maggie B. Nowen. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Maggie, how you doing? Good morning, Ramses. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy upgrading studio software and, you know, just getting into the nitty gritty of production. <laughs> so. oh, man, I know all about that. Trust me. I know you've been paying attention to the news, too, right? Yes, absolutely. Always. Uh, so so uh, I know you had to hear about this kind of gory graphic story where um, in Georgia inmate who was, quote unquote, eaten alive by bedbugs. Right. Yeah. I mean, so just stop right there. Eaten alive by bedbugs. Yeah. So um, this story it made news last week. Um, it is something that quickly, you know, picked up steam. And at this point now, um, you know, the token lawyer for our community, Ben Crump, has taken over the case along with his team. Um, but this gentleman, um, it was LaShawn uh, Lish- Tom- Thompson, who uh, basically was in the Atlanta jail, the Fulton County jail. And he, um, you know, was left, uh, moved to a mental, mental part of the jail and basically neglected to the point where between the neglect and the, the squalor in a sense that he was living in, um, he was, he was, he was sickened. He was, um, poisoned, you know, basically infested by bed bugs. Mm. So I was watching this story over the weekend too, and um, saw Ben Crump talking about it, where he was uh, saying that it was really a human rights violation that this has taken place. And, and, and literally bugs were coming out of the orifices of this gentleman's 
body parts, like eyes, ears, nose, mouth, everything supposedly. And the fact that the autopsy didn't have um, the first autopsy that the that the county did, basically it determined undetermined as the cause. Yeah, it was inconclusive, right? But had a note that there was a severe bed bug infestation. I mean, when you look at the pictures that have gone around with this story, it is absolutely horrific and disgusting. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to ask. Did you see the uh, the picture? I saw that there were uh, a click, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's not for me. Like, I, and and when you think about too, just like the issue with bail, for example, right? So black people don't often have uh, the resources to make bail, so they'll sit in in a jail cell until they reach uh, their court date, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be extenuating times. Could you imagine if you actually didn't do something? wrong and you were taken to that jail and that was the room they brought you to like what what do you even do and you don't have any options to advocate um but you know he he i guess you have to think too you know was he trying to ask for help and then they put him in the mental you know ward of of the area of the hospital or the um jail and basically Ben Crump referred to this as a human rights violation and everybody should be outraged. But I'm just like, you know, this really is a great example of a, a number of problems. You know, I just mentioned the bail thing. This is a black person as well, of course. So there's the black, um, you know, discrepancies as far as the prison industrial complex goes. And then the prison industrial complex itself. So, you know, there's people profiting from prisons, but they can't even keep a basic, um, you know, standard of hygiene in the in this space that's just already um, a cage. And then um, the mental health piece. So, you know, if he had mental issues and was asking for help, um, was moved to the mental ward, and then this was the type of um, environment for the mental health area. I mean, it defies all logic. It defies science. It defies, you know, law as well. And when we're looking at this from a more comprehensive you know, standpoint, when Ben Crump is saying this is a human rights violation, I'm like, America is a human rights violation. Mm -hmm. And if we look at some of these reports, which I have done over the last year, just kind of putting together shows for Civic Cipher and BIN, uh, this, this daily show, it's, there's a lot of studies from other countries that are looking at the United States as like really, um, really big hypocrites <laughs> and really looking at, at things or, or it is a human rights violation across the board. And, and this, this case just highlights it. It was, it was disturbing. Well, you know, I think that um, when you mentioned that, you know, the cash bail system in this country really needs an overhaul um, that actually is something we've talked about on the show a couple of times. And it, it, it does kind of this this situation unfortunately it it came at you know the cost of a human life but it does shine a light on exactly how dire conditions can be um when you are in a jail not necessarily in a prison but in a jail um i'm not saying prisons are much better but it is possible for prisons to be bad enough for people to lose their life in there before they've had their day in court um uh, people are not able to uh, f- fight their case from a position of strength. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, it's it's a fiscal issue. You know, I, I don't have enough money to get out of here. Um, so I'm just being held because I'm being accused of a crime. Now, um, from what I understand, this was like a simple battery case or a simple assault case, basically a fight from, from what I'm gathering, right. um, which is something that, I mean, most everybody can say they've been in a fight before. and 
you know, it's a disagreement. I say what happened, you say what happened. We had a disagreement. It came to blows or fisticuffs and, you know, we, then it was broken up. We're still both alive. But this individual ultimately ended up losing his life in the jail. Right. So that's the part that is like uh, super tragic. But fortunately, I mean, I guess if you want to call this a silver lining, Colin Kaepernick uh, is stepping in to make sure that there is a more thorough secondary autopsy performed on the body so as to determine conclusively whether or not the jail conditions uh, were a factor in this death. And so right. this is kind of what we're um standing by for in terms of like results and outcomes. Right. So that was interesting. So I didn't even know actually until reading this article um, that Colin Kaepernick has a whole organization mm-hmm. that is really, you know, I knew that he had an organization kind of fighting the social justice issues, but I didn't realize that he has a whole element of this organization that is dedicated actually specifically this, yeah. dedicated mm-hmm. to doing second autopsies for right. families. Right. And this is something that, you know, we really should be raising awareness for across our community, as well as, um, you know, just trying to support however we can, because we see it on the news every day, all day, you know, black people being harmed and killed, unfortunately, in a vast array of circumstances and autopsies um, oftentimes are not going to, especially when done by the county or the people that, you know, perpetuated the the crime, the harm, um, you know, you just can't trust it. And to have this, um, you know, in the community uh, resource, I think is, is, is in valuable. Uh, but to know that that he did step up to do that, that Ben Crump is on the case, you know, hopefully um, it's something that we will see some change already. Three members of the Fulton County Jail's leadership has resigned. So, you know, that in itself, I think, um, is some kind of acknowledgement of, of wrongdoing. So now we do have to, you know, have the, the courts play out, the, cr- the criminal process play out and, and see where accountability is held. But it is definitely sparking some new conversations as far as the state of prisons and, and jails and who is in them and who is in charge and who's making these decisions because, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of gaps that if we're having prisons and we're having jails, we do absolutely need to address. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Black Information Network writer and producer Maggie B. Nolan is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. All right. And I know you heard what Michelle Obama was talking about. This is a big deal in your world. Um, She said society glamorizes marriage and it's a lot more difficult than that. Was she right or was she wrong? Uh, you know, I, I can't disagree. Um, I am somebody who does believe in marriage. Um, you know, I'm a product of a, a marriage, an interracial marriage at that. Um, they're going on 40 years this year. Mm. So uh, my parents have shown me what love is and continue to example what marriage is and what it is made up of every single day. And, um, you know, it is absolutely not <laughs> all glamour and glitz. Um, you know, I, I recall many times throughout my childhood where it is, it's, it's difficult and it is dramatic and it is something that, you know, you can't hide from your children because I've obviously, you know, I'm a witness now to it, but it's something that, you know, I, I can see the, the patterns and where, um, you know, it, it works for them. But what I can say as well is that, um, you know, we're in a totally different time than we were. Uh, my parents got married in the early eighties and we're in uh, 2023. <laughs> and, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables that have created, um, society to take marriage in a less serious way and also just relationships in general and even the common decency of respect and, and communication and things like that. We have access at our fingertips, you know, with apps and Tinder and, and Bumble and all these things and just the online itself, you know, having um, access to, to everybody and to share information. And um, that whole element, I think, has has created somewhat glamour and also uh, difficulty for marriage. And with the glamour side, um, and not many people know, but I previously have been an event designer, a wedding planner, uh, doing really high-end weddings. Um, my biggest was a 500-person Indian wedding <laughs> at one of our fancy hotels here in uh, town. And it was the weekend, you know, they were riding in on elephants and they probably spent half a million dollars on their wedding. And this was a couple in their mid to late twenties. Um, with that, we did a lot of bridal shows as well. And there was always like, I was so shocked because I would see children, like what I would call children. They were like high schoolers. They were like 1920, like not even probably old enough to drink coming through engaged and, you know, trying to plan their weddings. And sometimes the dates would be, you know, one or two years out. Sometimes they'd be like five years out. And it's like, mm, are you really getting married? 
But I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, Michelle Obama's comments, I think, are are just the real. You know, she's she's telling what it is. She said uh, one of her uh, notes was like, if her and Obama had been married for 30 years. So she said, if I fell out with him for 10 years and we had 20 great years, I take those odds anytime. Mm. And I think, you know, that's a testament to the value and the benefits that come with marriage. It's it's having a partner. It's having a care mate. Um, but I think that, you know, when we have um, the shows that like sweet 16 for example that was like a mini wedding for girls you know so that was a culture that you know mtv helped create that then those same children are now you know planning their weddings and they're seeing you know different bells and whistles and kim kardashian's wedding and like it's the cool thing to do but they don't really understand what marriage is and as well you know marriage just it transitions over time like wouldn't you say so marriage today is is probably not you don't women got married 40 years ago for different reasons than they would be getting married today. That's, that's I think that there's there's something to that statement. You know, there's probably different um, driving factors. Um, I I will not I will do my best not to speak out of turn here because I've never been married. I do not intend to ever get married. I do not believe that that institution is appropriate for my life at all. Um, but I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. The, the motivation, the driving forces behind, uh, marriage, they have to have evolved. I'm not saying that it's no longer an economic institution that kind of recognizes a family, um, and, and identifies a family to, or rather delineates, uh, that, uh, framework according to the state or the country government. Right. Um, but the, the individual um, who is participating now, there's something to uh, there's something more to having the, the big diamond. There's something more to the grand engagement. There's something more to the, the ceremony and the pretty dress and the, the good looking spouse because we live in an age where instagram and and facebook and all these sorts of things you have a, a different audience um and everyone is engaged in everyone's lives in a different way we're connected in very different ways and so the desire to cross that milestone um i believe the motivations there are different you know whereas once upon a time a wedding you know not not 20, 30 years ago, 20 even, you know, there wasn't social media wasn't such a big uh, factor in these things because 20 years ago, let's see, social media didn't really exist, not in the way that we think of it now. Um, and so folks that got married in 2003, they weren't they weren't in the MySpace gen generation because I don't believe MySpace came around until maybe 04, 05, if I'm not mistaken. So 03 and, and prior you know, people were perhaps getting married with just their family and friends able to bear witness to that, you know, and they weren't sharing photos because there was no framework to share photos with people who you're loosely connected with, nor to share it with strangers. And so, yes, I'm sure people still wanted that. But now in the age of, um, okay, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, I probably should, you know, either, you know, uh, poop like, or get off the pot, if you will. Right. And I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get this off and I'm going to get these photos. You know, um, you might be overlooking what Michelle Obama was referring to, which is the hard work that comes with it. Now me, 
I'm an incredibly lazy individual and I do not like hard work whatsoever. So if I can let that cup pass, then I'll do it 10 times out of 10. And I don't want to work hard for anything. I like easy stuff. I like to be happy. I like to be comfortable. I like peace in my home. I do not want to argue with some other human being who has brought her face into my environment and has a different opinion on how much grass should be in the front yard or whatever, right? <laughs> it just doesn't work for me, right? I like to have my space doing my thing. And that be that. And so again, where I am and what I do works for me. But I appreciate Michelle Obama's take on this because she does kind of highlight the fact that, yeah, you could have 30 years with somebody and 10 of them could be bad and 20 of them be good. And I say to that, well, why not make all 30 of them good? You know, That's maybe they're not as good as it could be with, with someone yeah. to share it with. But, you know, I'm not opposed to like, the what you mentioned, like the the social media apps and that sort of stuff, right? Hear me out. <laughs> I saw something recently, and uh, it was uh, an experiment, right, with these social with these dating apps, and it might have been like a Tinder app or something like that. This is pretty funny. So they took a profile of a man, right, a male profile, and he was a like a reasonably good looking man, and you know the profile looked. Great. Okay. And after however long, this man had, I think it was like 64 likes, which is a good number in social and the dating apps. And he had, I think, five or six connections, like, like matches. So people had swiped on him 60 times, but he actually connected across six of those. Right. And then they made a, a female profile. Now the female was a floor. It was the name was the floor and it was a photograph of, of a floor, like a like a doorway in there and just a carpet floor. Right. And that profile had um, I, like it wasn't even it didn't even show it. They just started laughing at the amount of swipes that that got. So <laughs> that means to me that it is that much easier to be a woman in that space. And I, I, I know women are dating to marry often and men are dating for. Different reasons. Um and so, you know, you're going to get those numbers pretty much every time. But I think that that um, suggests that it is possible to exist in a dating space where things don't have to get so serious, where you don't have to endure 10 years of stress, man. If somebody told me, hey, man, you're going to have a great life, but you got to go to prison for 10 years, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take my odds just kind of going at it alone because I don't want to go to prison for 10 years. It just doesn't it doesn't entice me. And so I, for everybody who's married and is making it work, if you found your happiness, far be it for me to interfere with that whatsoever. But it has never added up to, to too much in my world. I've seen for every Michelle Obama story, which is a fairy tale story I, to me. I'll, I'll be honest. I love to see her and Barack together. Um, but for every story I hear like that, I hear 10 stories of people that are miserable, 10 stories of people that are kind of right in the middle of that miserable time. You got to think 10 years is a long time to go through some stuff with anybody. And I'm not I'm not advocating for divorce or anything like that. I just think that there's a better way that doesn't necessarily serve the state that but that is more true and accurate uh, and, and representative of what it means to have a human experience. We're born alone. We die alone. And what we do in the middle should serve our own idea of happiness. And, and especially for me as a, as a man, I recognize that the people around me, I need to provide for them. 
And the more people I bring into my circle, the more people I have to provide for. And if they are weighing me down and compromising my bandwidth, then I just don't believe that's an exchange that I will ever make. And so there's my rant for the day, but you know, you know, See, to all of those, Ramses, I think, you know, what it sums up is it's complicated, you know, like the Facebook status. So um, I think that what what Michelle Obama speaking about this does is it allows us to have these conversations in more in a more mainstream setting, in a more, you know, casual, common setting, like this is a common topic that we all can talk about. Marriage is kind of one of those things like finances that we don't talk enough about. And especially in the Black community, I would say, where, you know, these are things that are sometimes taboo and, you know, it's telling secrets about, you know, so-and-so and people get married for different reasons, especially in the Black community too. It's like, you know, some people are raising other people's children because of different, you know, socioeconomic situations. And there's just lots of skeletons and closets and things like that. So it's a very nuanced situation. And then you couple that with, you know, just the modernness of what's happening in today's time. So we have a social media stuff, but we also, you mentioned the economic institution, right? So we're seeing all these institutions just literally showing themselves to be not legitimate um, or not really for the people, not in the people's best interest. So, you know, should we really even be getting married or should we be you know, partnering with care, a care mate or a group of care mates and then, you know, putting together some private contracts that, you know, basically keep us out of the government's institution systems and then profiting and telling us what we can and can't do. Because sure. um, you know, I would, where I stand right now, I feel like we're kind of moving more in that direction. For me to be as like gung-ho about, you know, all of these government structures that do not belong, you know, standing on these fraudulent foundations, it's kind of hard for me to to still fall in line with with marriage. Let me go get a marriage license and pay all this money to say, oh, I'm married to this person. Like, I don't feel like I have to do that to commit my life to somebody um, or people. Let me make sure I jump in right here. There's there's we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that there is definitely a facet of uh let's say uh, our people (laughs) who believe that uh, one of the strongest ways that we can um help our people our community black community is through marriage the fortification of the family unit through marriage um black women are the least married uh human beings i believe it's black women and asian men are are the two least married human beings in the world uh and when we look at marriage as an economic institution that kind of fortifies the offspring so that they have a better chance of making their way in in the world i think that um you know there's there's a logic there right I believe in a much stronger and more profound logic, which is that the purpose of life (laughs) is to find happiness and to um, ensure that that is not compromised because you only get one life to live and it's up to you to smile as often as you possibly can. And if you give that away to the state or to whatever economic forces, then at the end of your life, when you recognize I haven't smiled as much as I could have, You might die a noble death, a hero's death, but, you know, you haven't actually, in my opinion, lived, right? I think that you can do both. You can live and you can be responsible. In fact, I think that my life is a testament to that. But um, 
we have to mention that there are people who definitely feel like the best way that we can serve our black community is through marriage. Um, Dr. Umar uh, has a lot to say about marriage uh, in the black community, a whole lot to say. And I believe that he's married to a couple of women. Um, well, I know it's more than one. I've seen his like wedding ceremonies. And so um, he, he, like you, kind of has an alternative view of what marriage could look like or should look like. Uh, the thing is, I think when you prioritize finances, when you prioritize the health and strength of you know, your community, when you prioritize, you know, the, the viability of your offspring, those sorts of things, it's very easy to end up at those conclusions. And I'm not saying that any of those things is wrong. I think that when you prioritize uh, happiness and, and filling your cup so that you can then pour from that cup into those other cups, meaning, you know, into your community, into your um, offspring, into, you know, whatever else, um, I think that you might end up with a different formula, different recipe, um, because if I you can't pour from an empty cup, if I'm tapped out, it's you know, if I got to go home and fight in my house, which I've done, I've been engaged twice. This isn't like I'm not new to this, you know, um, actually, I've been engaged three times, but twice was to the same woman. So, you know, I learned my lessons. But anyway, um, when you when you have to go home and, and fight with someone and then go out and fight with the world, you you might find that on one end of that spectrum, you might be attempting to pour from an empty cup. And so uh, this is just me. And I know this has gotten deeply personal here, but, uh, you know, I, I do recognize a couple of things. One is that there is um, there's a lot to be said here and that two, uh, uh, Mrs. Obama has definitely renewed interest in um, what exactly goes into marriage and the reasons why people are getting married. So this is a conversation that uh, you're right. We we definitely should have more frequently. Maybe if Chris doesn't yell at us at the end of today's show, then we might get to revisit it. But I think that's all our time for today. So as always, I'd like to thank you for your insight, Maggie. Once again, our guest Hi. is Black Information Network news writer and producer Maggie B. Miller. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.